Welcome to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. That's P3, P3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, mate, Woo. Purple. Hey, he's got on the podium. Who would have thought? We talk race reviews, news from the paddock, and bring you everything from the world of Formula One. And something to limit the problem. Congratulations. Well, change your car. You've got a problem. Change your fucking car. You change your car because Checo has been saying the car is fucked. And now your hosts, Drew, Walker, Ed, and Tomas. What's up, everybody? Welcome back yeah. to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast with a pretty international cast today. We have Ed all the way in Singapore, Thomas from his usual fucking bunker in Lithuania, and <laughs> Drew somewhere in Mimico with some <laughs> shitty internet, so we'll see how this works out. Um, no, I, I think <laughs> Drew has like far worse. I think we, do, we do what we can, buddy. We do Thomas what we can. Yeah, Drew, yeah. From third world countries. And Drew having like, you know, first world <laughs> internet, his system sucks right now. So I apologize in advance. for. So we're a few days after the Austrian Grand Prix and there's lots to talk about. There's a sprint weekend, there's a sprint race, sprint qualifying, the race itself. Um, you know, a ton happened in, you know, a short three day period. And I would love to get your guys thoughts on the weekend as a whole. And uh, then we'll break it down from there. Who wants to get us started? Drew, you want to go? I know you're all jacked up right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm all fired up. Um, I really enjoyed the sprint weekend. I thought the sprint race was an absolutely fantastic piece in a overall weekend puzzle. It was an absolute blast to watch. We had 24 laps of some absolutely amazing racing. And I think that it it just gave spectators either at the track or at home watching it another race for the weekend. And it was good. I'm not sure how I feel about the qualies on Friday determining the grid on Sunday. I think there's a big disconnect there because like what happens on Friday, then you have a whole thing happening on Saturday. And then Sunday's the Grand Prix. But I think when you only have FP1 and then you go right to qualies, the guys don't have the time to dial in their car. And I don't think that they're using the sprint shootout and then the sprint race to dial in the car. I think that they're hoping to have it dialed in by that point. I think there's a disconnect there, but I do, I want to see some combination of this happen. And I like that they're spreading it out throughout the year. I don't know how many sprint races they got. I think it's six on deck for the year, but I just, I'd like to see somebody smarter than myself come up with a creative way to do this that just, synergizes better thomas what do you think uh but overall uh, uh quality was good sprint was entertaining uh my favorite uh, part of the race was the race itself um i found it to be very very entertaining how i think it was uh, 1400 incidents or something of, of uh, track limits uh, which i think averages out to be one every single car once per lap on average or something like that so that was Purely insane how how they could in the end keep up with uh, with all the infringements that were going on. They had to adjust all the all the places, um, all the finishing places. Like I think it was what like five or ten hours after the race where they had to review everything. So that was a, a first one that I saw, and I, I found that pretty interesting and and pretty funny at the same time. 
Um, overall, love the race. Uh, it was a great race. Uh, looking forward to uh, more the, or more races like that. Hey, did you have well, a chance to to watch? I guess you weren't watching live, were you? No, I wasn't. I was uh, I was on an island uh, during the race and zero internet. And <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah. I was in a secluded and, island uh, for like about five. I think that's the first time I've days, ever heard someone say that. In a no, have island. have you caught up since? Or no, no I have. I you have. just here so for I, uh, for eye no, candy. So, Okay. Yeah, so I I will admit that I haven't watched the sprint race, but I watched pretty much all of the race results and like the highlights and whatnot. Um, the only thing I can say is that uh, the race director basically <clears throat> was Oprah when she was giving away cars, when she was giving away just race penalties. But I mean, <laughs> and all the complaining and all the uh, of uh, all the complaining of um, Lewis Hamilton. About hey, uh, Perez are um, got out on turn ten again and again and again. It's like all the all the complaining that I heard. But yeah, I mean, technically I didn't watch the full race, but the highlights in itself is just like well, okay, a lot of uh, fun stuff. And I'm reading a lot of uh, um, you know race recaps on the blogs as well. I thought the race itself was pretty entertaining. I enjoyed. Uh, I kind of enjoyed the, you know, we'll get into the the track penalties and, and things like that a little bit later, but I, I enjoyed kind of hearing these guys whine about it the entire time because here you are, the pinnacle of motorsport, the best drivers in the world, and you can't keep it like inside the lines, inside the track. And we'll get into that a little bit later, um, but race was entertaining aside from obviously Max dominating again. Um, the sprint format, I don't know. I don't love it. Um, I can't, it's hard for me to really get on board with it because I, I personally, as a fan really don't see the value in it, um, as it lends to the championship. And maybe it's just this year because the championship is, 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 is gone. Essentially it's over with Max so far in the lead, but it feels to Drew's point, a little bit disjointed the way they have the weekend. Uh, it feels a little gimmicky. To me, I'm not sure if you guys kind of have the same takeaway. And I just, maybe I'm just a purist. Maybe I just like my practice on Friday, my quality on Saturday, my race on Sunday. But um, I don't really get much from seeing that half an hour race or whatever it is. Um, other than, yeah, I don't really get much of it. And really, I think that race would have been pretty boring had the weather not turned and forced some teams to make some decisions uh, with tires. But that's just my take. And, and like Drew, maybe there's someone smarter than all of us that can come up with a, a slightly better format. But right now, um, just as is, I, 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 it doesn't add anything for me. I don't know. For me, I find that the sprint race always adds that complexity um, in terms of the strategy. Reason behind it is that like everyone's pretty much used to setting up their cars for like that one shot hit for the best time and and then the following day setting up their cars again for like longer stints of the race depending on what tires they use i think what the sprint race does is it it, it challenges the teams even further to okay we're going to set up for for quali we get the fastest time and then we get grid 
the grid place on the sprint race. And between that and then the sprint race and then the race in itself, like the sprint race being shorter, I find that they have to scramble even even more. So it it's, doesn't become monotonous and it challenges them even more to what are they going to set up the car for? Are they going to set it up for the full length of the race or are they, they're going to set it up for a shorter stint but faster setup or, um, you know, uh, maybe more downforce, less downforce. They want more straight line speed depending on the track too. Some and I see your point, Walker. We're in. If they uh, if they have the sprint race, what what's the point of it? It just adds another race to the um, to the weekend. I, I don't know. For me, it's just like as long as they don't do it for every race, they choose it for different tracks. It's fine, and that's where the purist in me comes in as well. Like I don't want it every single time, but for me, I it just adds that extra. Hey teams, panic now because we're, there's going to be a sprint race this weekend. So, do you think? Uh, <clears throat> and why? Well, I'm just going to pick up on that a little bit and mm-hmm. and just pose a question to all of you guys. Do you think that having the sprint race on the weekend and the time that that takes and the, and the focus it takes away from the race itself? Do you think that the quality of the race and the strategy of the race itself is reduced because they don't have? that free practice time to test different setups and things like that? I don't think so. I think, you know, to kind of further what Ed said, I believe that like the sprint race doesn't offer them time because they're taking away FP2 and FP3 that they don't have an opportunity to set up the cars. So I think the sprint race, because it's a shorter stint, they can usually do it on like one tire. And it, I think it forces the teams to switch things up. The fuel load's different. They're not 100% sure of how this thing's all going to play out. It scrambles up the grid a little bit, and I think it proves a little bit more driver merit. Like, it proves that, like, this driver is better than this driver, and it just it's not so much about the strategy on the long term. I think it's more just, like, do your best in the sprint shootout, and then wherever that quality lands you for the, for the sprint race, you know, kind of how that plays out is more on driver talent than what it looks like as far as strategy. And even as far as like the deeper strategy goes with like setup. So because it's, you know, your setup's not a hundred, your strategy doesn't really matter. It's out the window. These kids Mm got to drive. I, uh, on my side, I don't have anything to add. What Drew said is, is basically all the points. Um, He he hit the nail on the head as a dad. So I, I don't think it takes away from the race itself i think it if anything it, it improves it they get a little bit more like a like a mini race before the actual race um so i i don't think it takes it away that's, well that's my thoughts i mean for the record i think you're all wrong and the sprint race sucks but we'll move on um because as we all mentioned we had <laughs> we had a lot of track limits uh a lot of penalties coming throughout the race and following the race um What's your guys' take on that? Do you think that they were being policed too closely? Do you think that there needs to be a revision in how track limits are interpreted? Do you think that they should be um, enforced differently in, let's say, qualifying versus race scenarios? How do you how do you take the weekend and the track limit saga and move forward from here? What's the sort of stuff, Thomas? Um... Yeah, so that's a that's a good question. Uh, with track limits, uh, 
before I wasn't really, how can I put this? I wasn't really keen on it. I'm like, you know, it's track limits. Who cares if they go over the line once or twice? You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, but with this race, basically every driver, almost every driver went over the line multiple times. And uh, I haven't seen that before ever again. And uh, they've been policed very, very hard um, by the FIA. I, I get it. Why? Just because there were so much infringements and, you know, they couldn't get away with it because it was almost cheap. Everyone's almost cheating. Um, they, I know the track itself has gotten a warning from the FIA. Uh, I think it was the previous year. Uh, they were having a similar issue. Uh, they were recommended to add gravel, but uh, it's not, I guess, a perfect solution just because the track hosts many other races and MotoGP. So that creates another problem. Um, but yeah, I think for this specific track, track limits were, were a little bit too much. As, as much as I loved the race and I found it entertaining, uh, I would not want to see a repeat of what happened uh, in Austria on any other track. It was, it was once was enough and, and let's make sure this doesn't happen. Um, that's, that's my thoughts. Ed. I don't know. For me, I, I really enjoyed all of the drama that, <laughs> that ensued because of all of the uh, warnings <clears throat> and the, uh, the penalties that were, you know, were given that weekend. Um, from a racing point of view, um, in terms of regulation, I would say that let the guys, let, let them race. Like, I think one of the key highlights or key drivers that for me was like really um, affected by this was uh, Sergio Perez. Like his, his qualities, like his three fastest qualities um, just for track limits were like erased. And then he showed up in the race and just like went through the field, but didn't, you know, he didn't really get the, uh, the amount of penalties that he should have, uh, should have gotten. So I, I don't think the, the problem is the, the amount of times, but I find that it has to be consistent for the amount of times that they, uh, the drivers either get warnings or penalties. And then in terms of the, how much penalties or how many penalties they actually get and how much um, how much they, how much they get out of track um, in terms of like every lap I think there has to be consistency because I mean I guess I can pretty much say for the for the whole room that it was like they were all over the place like they were giving penalties they're giving warnings but the, the consistency wasn't there so that's that's how I feel about just like the whole issue of you know giving out those penalties and the you know, track limits as well how about you drew let me ask you guys this then if they race this exact same race again would these guys pull the same shit they wouldn't right they've seen what the what the penalties are going to be like what the results are going to be like when they infringe on these the the track limits and i think that if these guys played the exact same race again you would have that cut down in in 25 of the same penalties maybe these are the best drivers in the world. Fucking slow down. Drive your car better. You know what I mean? Like, there was guys on the grid that didn't need to push it that hard. I, you know, to, to Thomas's point, you know, I, I heard on a couple podcasts, I heard on, you know, some, um, uh, some F1 TV wrap-up stuff about them putting gravel um, around that little corner of it. That would solve the problem immediately because there's no more benefit to going off track there. Um, to further that point, I 
I believe that they were consistent. I think it took them nine hours of review over 1,500 infringements because they were being consistent. I don't think for new fans and fans of Formula One, I guess young and old, that that's a very good idea because you shouldn't have to wait for top 10 race results and points nine hours after the race. I think that's an absolute travesty about a sport. Imagine watching the Super Bowl and not knowing until the next fucking morning who won the Super Bowl. That's a bunch of bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Um, Esteban Ocon is now tied for the all-time number of penalties in a race. We now had penalties stacked on top of penalties because these guys had to do a, to serve their five minutes, so they go into the pits, and then now their pit team touches the car before the five seconds is up, and now they're getting penalties stacked on penalties, which would have never happened had the the track had gravel on it or had these people not the drivers not you know gone over the line in the first place. How hard is it to count to five? Like you can do one hand, like you can literally just poke the fingers out, like it's not rocket surgery. You know what I mean? And I just think that it's, I think that there's a solution to it. I don't think the FIA needs to step in. I think that, you know, the track needs to figure it out. Thomas is 100% right. MotoGP race is there. And they had a um, a casualty, uh, I think, in Belgium last year because of a gravel thing. So those boys don't love gravel. And I would argue those are the last, you know, moto gladiators are those guys in MotoGP. So, you know, what those guys say goes because those guys are risking their lives day in and day out still. Um, but that's my my two cents on the Yeah, I think, uh, Drew, you kind of nailed it when you said it's not rocket surgery or, or heart science. Um, and I think one of the things to keep in mind is that, you know, what you've all kind of alluded to is, you know, gravel traps and things like that will dissuade them from going in there. But again, I go back to the point that these are supposed to be some of like the best drivers in the world. And yet, you know, it's not that they can't stay in the lines. It's not that they can't stay within the limits. It's that they choose not to because they continually push. And then there are consequences for that. And then you get 1,500 penalties. So, you know, these guys could like dial it back half a percent and keep it inside the line if they wanted to. But it appears that no one wanted to do that except maybe Lando Norris and Max Verstappen. And I don't know how they went in the entire race. I don't know how the entire field gets 1,500 penalties. And these guys are like, well, I'm fine. Like, I'll, I'll stay within the limits. I mean, if they did it, good for them. Uh, but just given, you know, the replays that you would see and you'd see kind of like tires squeaking over the line, um, maybe they were missed. Maybe they weren't. I'm not sure. But I think if there's going to be a rule, it has to be enforced um emphatically and it has to be enforced fairly and you know these guys just gotta fucking keep inside the line um personally i think i'm more of i think those types of rules are more effective and maybe more important in a qualifying scenario than they are in a race scenario um, I think, you know, when you're really going for fastest times and this is the time that's really going to determine your position on a one lap pace, I think enforcing track limits in a qualifying scenario is probably more important and more beneficial to the equity of the sport than let's say, um, during a race scenario where again, it's not a one lap pace. It's not a one lap race. You have 70 something laps that you're racing around. So if you squeak out here and there, I'm not sure, but then again, at that point, you know, where do you draw the line? You know, where do you draw the line between, you know, going just outside the line on a sweeping corner versus like cutting across a chicane and completely missing it? Um, I think that becomes very difficult and, you know, something for discussion. But I think 
just fucking drive within the line, slow it down, figure it out. Um, some guys did, most guys didn't. Um, and I think any of the penalties that they incurred because of that is, is well worth it and, uh, well deserved. And the fact that it took 10 hours to afterwards to, I guess, tally them all up just means that we need a better system or who knows a fucking team, a stadium full of people looking for this shit as well. Um, who surprised you this weekend? Um, who surprised me? Uh, Landon Norris. I think he uh, he showed up uh, pretty well. Um, you know, one one thing that I noticed from him as well, um, he was able to stay within the track, uh, which is uh, huge kudos for him. He he, I know I sometimes rip on him. You know, he might not be my favorite driver or anything like that. But this race, I think he really stood out to me. I think he did a fantastic job overall of the race, and um, yeah, good for him. Yeah, I think he must have listened to the episode last week when Drew was talking shit about me. He's like, yeah, well, I'm going to show that guy. I'm going to fucking show him. I'm going to drive the race of the season. I would also like to note that Lando Norris got a fucking upgrade package, okay? It was based on the last car, the last ball. I think he would have pulled the same shit. You know what? Kudos to Lando Norris. I'd like to say two people that surprised me. One, Carlos Sainz. He was driving greasy. Like he had, he was going into the corners with his elbows up. I absolutely loved it. He was super aggressive, said, fuck you to Ferrari team orders, just did his thing. Like he was greasy. I loved it. Um, who else surprised me? Um, I think George Russell surprised mm-hmm. me a little bit. He wasn't as quick and consistent as I thought he would be. He didn't look great in quality didn't look great in the sprint race and he only mustered up to seventh place because other people were getting penalties. But I just, I don't, I think, I think Lewis had a fair point when him and Toto had a little sit down and a sing song during team radio. When he said, Lewis, I know the car is shit. Just drive it. Like he just, you know, it was one of those scenarios. He just kept bitching about it. What I'd also like to point out to while I have the mic for a moment is that every one of those dudes on the grid <laughs> is a fucking tattletale. Every single one of them did it. Not, there is no unguilty party there. Like Lando Norris, Lewis Hamilton, they were all riding on each other. Oh, they're over the, I would love to see the number of radio messages as a stat on that race. Because if there's 1,500 penalties, I would argue there's 3,000 messages about it. Ed, who do you got? Who surprised you this week? Let me start off with Lewis Hamilton <laughs> being like an extra little bitch that weekend. Like, oh, my car is not working or it, it can't turn. It's so slow. It sucks. Like, oh, the one uh, Perez in front of me, like he he uh, went off track, turned 10. Like, just like what Toto said, drive the damn car. You're the winningest um driver on the grid yes you have a shitty car but just drive um i was i was so surprised about how he acted and how he was just like absolutely complaining again and again again um the other driver that surprised me too was and this may or may not um piss a lot of people off but I was almost writing Sergio Perez off for the entire season. It, it felt like the past few races, he was just like, he wasn't himself. And he came back with a vengeance. 
for the Austrian Grand Prix. And um, I'm glad that he's coming mm-hmm. back. I I know he's not going to be he's not going to be showing up and trying to, for the uh, drivers' championship this year with the gap that ha- Max Verstappen has already set up. But I'm just glad that he's back because Loki is one of like my, one of my favorite drivers to really take it to Max this year. But it's not going to happen anymore. But at the very least, you know, bring out the Checo that came that you know that killed it in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix from last to first, because that guy has always mm-hmm. been like one of my favorite drivers, and that, that was one of my favorite drives for him as well. So. And of course, the, the typical Lando Norris, um, P5 for him, and then his teammate P17, big deal. But of course, um, Drew might you know might climb up my ass and say, "Hey, he had like an extra new package." Like, fine, doesn't matter. But Lando Norris, watch out for this kid because he may or may not um, you know start to bring it a little bit more with you know with the new package that he has, and you know with. Uh, him trying to show up in McLaren as well because I, the past few races, um, he. While you're talking shit there, Ad, I just want to correct you real quickly and let you know that uh, Lando Norris got P4. By the way, it wasn't P5, so let's just start there. Yep, and uh, Piastri was P16. So <laughs> while we're all talking shit, but quickly, I wanted to note honorable mention Logan Sargent. That mm-hmm. guy got 13th place. He beat Esteban Ocon, Botas, Piastri, DeVries, K-Mag, Sonoda. Like, that's a good outing for him. The fact that he's not in the bottom two or three is like... Wasn't, uh, wasn't he in the points at one point as well? Like uh, P9 or P8 or something like that? Like, um, that, that was that was pretty impressive too. When I noticed that, I was like, God damn, you know? Like, he's not my favorite driver, but good on him, you know, finally being in the points. Finally showing up, and it, it was an exciting race. So I'm going to give it up to uh, Charles, Charles Leclerc, because I think uh, he's had a few tough races, so it's nice to see him back there on the podium. Um, you know what? Strategy seemed okay for a Ferrari. They didn't really fuck anything up. He drove a good race. He didn't crash. Like, all things considered, it was a pretty successful weekend for them. Uh, signs right behind them. So, um a little bigger for him. I will come to Lewis's defense a little bit, not necessarily for the messages that he was sending or his little bitchy behavior, but you know what? At least he called himself out after the race. He put a post up there saying, you know what? Not always at my best, not always proud of like my drive and my behavior. So, you know, at least there's a little um, self-reflection there. And who else was there? You know, what? I'm also going to, I'm also going to give Stroll a little love because I think coming in P9 in the points, um, I think is another big race for him. And I think he needed a good result in the points to um, to really kind of solidify, hopefully, the next few races going into the break, which is coming at the end of this month as well. So hopefully he can put together a bit of a run. Um, anybody in trouble? Uh, what do you mean by in trouble? In trouble, just you know, had a couple of shit races. They they need to get their their act together. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Nick DeBreeze. I'm going right back to Nick. Like, I'm sorry. Like he he has Danny Rick knocking at the yeah. Danny Rick's knocking at the door there. Like they have a great driver. I I don't know how much longer. Even if they don't go with with Danny Rick, and they, 
I think for entertainment value, putting Danny Rick in a car would just like boost attention towards there. He'd finally be out of the paddock and in a car. I think Instagram would fucking implode just like a submarine I once heard. Ooh. And I think that, <laughs> and I think that, um, I think that he's, he has not shown up like he did the very first race when he stepped into the Williams, when Albon got pancreatitis. Like he actually has not mm. showed up to bat since that race once, not once, not even in like a quality or like a sprint race, like has not shown up to bat. I think the pressure on Debris is a bit of bullshit. I think he's, I do, I do. You know, you, I feel do you really? he's, he's one year in, he's a rookie, he's coming in. Um, and yeah, Yuki's in there, but you know, Yuki had a couple of rough seasons first for a few seasons as well. And I just think Red Bull have such a short leash on their drivers, um, especially in alpha. And I, I, I think the guy needs, I think the guy deserves more time. And I think when you, to put this kind of pressure on him at this point of the season, this early in his career, I mean, no wonder he's like fucking up. I think the pressure must be immense and I don't think you can really drive successfully in that environment or it's very hard to but I, I just I feel for the guy a bit I think you know he he's not being given enough uh enough of a chance or maybe, maybe there's, a, there's a nurturing aspect to it that that's missing from the outside at least I think you know I I heard a report or a quote where you know Christian Horner wasn't really a fan of signing him in the first place it was kind of helmet Marco that kind of pushed for this and Christian was like, no, I don't really like him for whatever reason. Um, but I, I just, I think it's a, I think it's a tough environment to race in. I think it's a tough team to race for. Um, and I think it, it's hard to excel on that team. And I, and I just, I feel for the guy a bit. Hey man, Pierre Gasly did it uh, perfectly fine. Did and, he? Uh, what did, what did, what did he do though? Well, like, what did he do? He was last year. He was killing it. He, he was just going ham on it. He was showing up really, really well. Uh, I don't know what it is about DeVries. I um, I don't like him. He has a very punchable face. It's like he's almost that kind of person. Like, we just just see his face and you want to punch him already. So that that's one thing that uh, that, that, that does it for me. Otherwise, um, as, as Drew said, he, he showed up really, really well the first time. And now he sucks. Simple as that. He fucking sucks. He, he sucks so bad. I forgot yeah, exactly. what fucking he needs to get the fuck for. out of the sport and stay the fuck out. Wow. You know who's probably um, Nick DeVries' biggest fan right now? Lance Stroll. Because I think when DeVries is out, Lance Stroll returns to having the most punchable face in the paddock. So he's probably like, give that man a seat. Keep him in here. He's probably like texting him like, you know, affirmations and shit before a race. Like, you got this guy. I'm sure he's yeah, asked exactly. Maddie to supplement his payroll. To buy into Alphatari. So, so I, I have a question now. Then, um, is Nick DeVries mm-hmm. going to stay in F1 next year, or um, no. is he going to be replaced no. by Danny Rick? <laughs> no, straight no. Danny Rick all the way. Uh, what I think is going to happen, and what I want to happen, two different. Con- Two different scenarios. I think Nick DeVries is going to stick around for another at least half season if he stays 
mm-hmm. at least out of the wall. I think he will. They'll keep him around for some time. I would love to see Danny Rick take that seat. I think that would be the entertainment value be a, through the fucking roof. Oh, I think that would be a ter- Yuki, you know, a, okay. Oh. Entertainment, fine. I think that'd be a terrible career move, though. I think that's a, a shit. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. that's just a way to fucking end your that's a shit way to end your career if you're Danny Rick to go into that car because it's not competitive. You're not gonna be yeah. competitive. There are no big seats coming up. And even if there are, I don't know if you're able to prove yourself in that car with that team right now. So I I I yeah, I I, I don't see it being a good move for, for Danny. I'm not sure if he would really be a fan of it either. I, I disagree with you guys. I think uh, again, I'm going to come back to Pierre Gasly. I think he did uh, he did pretty well on that car, and you know, since Danny um, didn't do so well in McLaren, I think he would be a fucking beast. I think he would kill it, and he would climb. And um, yeah, I, I think he would do really, really well. Actually, I think it would be a major boost to his confidence. I think he would say, "Okay, this is kind of like the last chance I have. I either fucking go for it, give it all I got, or..." Or as you said, Walker, like, I'm going to end my career in a shitty car, shitty team. And that's going to be the, the end of it. But I, again, at the same time, I don't think Alpha Tori is shit. I think it's it's maybe a, like lower lower middle uh, grade, but I don't think it's it's shit. I think it has a lot of a lot of balls and uh, it's it's competitive. Do you think there will be a mid-season change where Danny Rick is actually just going to come in? Helmut's going to be like, yeah, the Vries, you're out. Danny Rick in. You think it's a strong possibility that it's going to happen? We still have a few races, a few more races in the season. So, do you think there's a strong possibility that the Vries is just going to be out and they're like, Helmut Mark is like, I'm done. And then um, Danny Rick is just going to take that seat mid season. Thoughts? Yep, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think. Uh, uh, Christian Horner is done with him, and there's going to be a shakeup. And I think uh, I actually was thinking about this today. I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I don't know what it is. It's just an internal feeling, and I really hope it comes true. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would look poorly on the decision-making skills of Red Bull and its sister team, AlphaTauri. I think it would be an absolute um, admission of defeat that they they fucked up and picked the wrong guy. I think that they would do it in an offseason, that they would switch things up more than they would do it midseason. I guess on the other side of the coin, that's such a Red Bull move is to kick someone out like midseason and pull someone in. But is it an Alpha Tower? Well, I think they're one and the same in in a lot of ways. Okay, we're going to move on from this Alpha Tower, Nick DeVries conversation, but clearly it's throwing things for a loop and we're getting all fucking out of joint. So I'm going to... I'm going to end things off here in the Austrian Grand Prix. Heard a lot of discussion about this move. One last piece uh, that I want to talk about is Max Verstappen's last lap change for the fastest lap. Dick move or boss move? Really quickly moving around the around the circle here. Thomas? Uh, dick move. Uh, 100% dick move. I thought I could not lose any more respect uh, for him, and I did. He does not need the fucking point. Let Checo have the fucking point. Uh, it won't make a difference to Max. Max just got it just because I fucking want the point. I, I want the last piece of the candy and fucking give it to me. Um, that really pissed me off. I, I am so fired up on that, and that was the biggest fucking dick move from Max, and fuck you, Max. That's all I have to say. Okay, it's supposed to be a short answer, but thank you for that. Drew? 
<laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Um, I think it was the biggest dick mm. in the locker room move. It was an absolute dick move, but still, like, he's almost putting side quests on his thing. He's like, I know I'm going to win, but, like, how, what else can I do? Like, can I go play, like, you know, rock, paper, scissors with a couple of the guys in the garage on, like, a pit stop quick and then still win the race? Like, he's just adding things to yeah. the race just to see if he could still win it. Um, so, for me, I'm, I, I just think it's a boss move. I think if you are that confident and that, that zoned into your your craft and your team and you're just like saying fuck it i don't care i'm gonna give away 20 seconds at the end of the race to go and score the last point because you know you can and you feel 100 percent confident that you can i think um you know I, I just gotta give it up to the guy i think it's a bit of a boss move and um not being the biggest max fan i think uh good for you man like you you own that shit and you got it done and uh well done so Moving on, we're looking at Silverstone next week. Uh, classic track, big race for a lot of the teams involved, McLaren, Mercedes, um, and also Red Bull. I guess they're all based in the UK, really. Um, what do you guys have for predictions moving into this coming race? Thomas? I'm torn on this. I, I, I think uh, Max is going to win, which I hope is not the case. Um but secretly, I also hope Lewis wins and basically shows a little bit like, fuck you, Max, like I'm still good and I still got uh, a couple of moves on you, buddy. Uh, so I'm, I'm rooting for Lewis on this race. I'm rooting for Lando, uh, but not for Max. I really, again, same as last time, I want something not horrible to happen to Max, but like an engine failure or something where he's going to be dropped down to last. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, so Lewis or Lando. Let's go. Drew, what do you got for this weekend? Um, I think we got a Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc finish. I would love to see Lando up in the top five. I don't know if, if Alonso has been showing us what he's got lately. I don't know if, you know, uh, the, uh, the pack is caught up to Aston Martin. But I, Hammy and Russell are just... I would love to see them do well. This is their home race. I'd love to see those guys absolutely smash it. But I, I think, you know, P five, six, seven for them is probably a realistic endpoint. But I, I personally think I think Perez got a little bit of that confidence back. I think he has a little bit of the fuck you, Max Verstappen, for stealing that point. Like I think that is going to give a little bit of fire under his ass in order to get, you know, back on top. And I think it'll be a Verstappen one, Perez two. And I think Ferrari, if they keep on doing what they're doing, I yeah, think so a, a Leclerc 3. A few teams are bringing some upgrades this weekend, right? So Mercedes is coming up with apparently another big upgrade, so it'll be interesting to see what happens for them. I don't know if uh, McLaren is bringing the upgrade for Piastri as well, are they? Yeah, it's supposed to be. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, how that translates uh, across the team as well for McLaren to see if both drivers can kind of um, take advantage of those upgrades. Um, top three for me... Um, you know, fucking give it to Max, number one. Um, let's give number two to, I'm going to go with signs. I don't know why I just got a good feeling for signs. And number three, number three, I think, you know, if we can get some good upgrade, I'm going to just go Hamilton because why the hell not? But top 10 in the points, you guys heard it here first. 
Nick DeVries securing his seat for the rest of the season. It's going to happen. I, I think that's going to land in the bold predictions category. So that's a good segue into the bold predictions that we're going to Nick have. DeVries Nick DeVries and the points. The points. There we go. Fucking bold prediction I'll start it off. That's my bold prediction for, uh, for this coming race. Anyone else? Or are you guys going to all stay with a safe shit? Like Max is number one. Nope. I think Gasly and Akon, both mm-hmm. of the Alpine boys, are going to be in the top 10. I'm going to say Alfa Romeo is going to uh, go in the top 10. Maybe not both, but at least one of their drivers. Which one? I'm going to say with Bottas. Bolder the than the boldest of predictions. They're both pretty bold. We'll see. Well, based on our based on our bold yeah. predictions, the top 10 is going to be pretty interesting. So um, it will be... Uh, I don't know. It's always a good race. I always love these heritage races. Well, heritage races, but like, you know, these tracks with a lot of history in them. Um, it's always a big weekend. So uh, it's going to be fun. And it's a, just a classic setup. You got practice, quality, race. It's my kind of weekend. Um, so before we uh, kind of wrap up here, we're going to. Okay, so we brought in a new game. We, we call it Name That Sponsor. Where I'm gonna give, I'm gonna name a sponsor that's on a car, and you have to name the team that it's on, and also what that company does. Okay, so I'm gonna, I have two here today. I've pulled two. Um, we're gonna kind of like buzz in this time as well. Okay, so uh, Thomas, for you to buzz in, you're gonna say Max, Drew. For you to buzz in, you're going to say Yuki. And Ed, Ed has a four-second delay, so he's probably not going to buzz at all. He's probably not going to get to play at all. But that's how we're going to buzz in. So where's my list? You guys ready? Name that sponsor. Round one. You got to name the team and what the company does. First one is Acronis. <laughs> Don't everyone buzz in at Acronis. once. <laughs> okay. All right, Yuki Yuki. Let's go, Juki. Um, Acronis. It is on Haas and it is a logistics shipping and receiving company. Is that gonna be your go-to from now? <laughs> logistics and shipping? That's what you said last week. I think no, no, here's my logic. Acronis sounds like a Greek or like Roman god. And they usually carry shit. And so I'm going to say it's carrying something. There was some logic there. Whether that's okay. good or bad, it's logic. Um, anybody else? I'm going to max max. I'm going to totally go for a, for a yes. I'm going to say uh, Williams team. And for Cronus, I'm going to say, don't know why, but some sort of automotive parts manufacturer or or like something like that all right well i'm gonna give you half points there thomas you came pretty close it is on williams and acronis is a cyber protection and backup company they do like did you know cloud backups and cyber security and shit like that so but you got the williams part right so good for you okay number two this one should be a little bit easier for you guys Richard Meal. Um, I know mm-hmm. it's on Ferrari, but Richard Meal. 
It's a French as fuck name. Okay. I have no Max, idea I'm what they say. I, I, hold on. Company. Hold on. It's on Ferrari. I can All right, you guys are going to share this win. It is on Ferrari, and it is a watch company, a really expensive watch company, like million dollar watches. Well, whatever. You got it half right. Don't fucking flex. What are you doing? You got you didn't even. <sighs> I'm flexing. This one's for me. This one's for Ed. No, no, that's flexing. You for can't both. flex for like a half right answer. <laughs> so, heading in the Silverstone next week, uh, or a couple of days from now. Um, looking forward to that race. We have any last thoughts before we're signing off for this week? I um, just want to say that I'm uh, I'm pumped to have the the boys back. I know you guys are. Um, we're all busy people and, um, you know, you guys are halfway around the world. So I appreciate you guys taking the time and, uh, and doing this and get back on board. And I'm really pumped about the, uh, the British GP. I think it's going to be uh, a great race and, you know, tomorrow's Friday. So we already got FP going on tomorrow. They've already launched the uh, weekend warm up um, on F1 TV. So, um, yeah, just a big shout out to um, all of our sponsors that we don't have yet. And I just wanted to um, really hit it home that, you know, we are looking for any sort of free merch <laughs> that can be shipped our way from anyone who's listening that knows anyone in Formula One. Just put it out there. I mean, we're not desperate, but like, we'll take it. All right. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap up there. No better place to end. Um, thank you all for listening to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review. Uh, check the show notes for the Discord server. Come chat with us, hang out, and uh, we'll chat with you next time. Ciao, ciao. Thanks, peace.